Hotty ho, you handsome hunk. Grab a snack and gain some chunk. If your day is great or really sunk, we hope to help you shake the funk. So if you're good to hear some junk, buckle up, it's the Junk Monk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Junk Monk Podcast. I'm your host, Candace Sloan, who you know from Instagram at Hardens and Hard Ads. And I'm Noah, your co-host, who you know from right now. If this is your first time listening, let us fill you in. We are watching and reviewing every episode of the USA hit TV show Monk right here each week. And we're going to do so while eating a little bit of junk. So today, for my junk, I have a soda. I have Pepsi. Uh, well, I, I wanted Pepsi, but... Toby and Candace, we were, we were all in the gas station. We were like, they were like, get Pepsi Cola. I was like, what's that? They're like, oh, it's just made with real sugar. So I got Pepsi Cola instead of Pepsi. So yeah, interesting it's, story. It's it's much better. It's made with sugar. And I have some white trash, which sounds weird, but it's basically <laughs> Chex Mix with powdered sugar over all of the Chex Mixes. It has peanut butter, butter, powdered sugar, M&M's, rose and salted peanuts, pretzels, white chocolate almond bark, and it is one of the best snacks ever. It is so good. So if you want some white trash, that sounds weird, but I can hook you up. Yeah. (laughs) Might be in our next monk box, mystery monk box. Mm, You never know. Also, you must know, I've seen every episode of Monk. I'm a huge fan. Started watching about exactly where this episode came out because this is the first episode I've ever seen. Really? Yep. And for the most part, watched Monk as it aired after this. Really? That's actually really cool. I've seen all of season one, those we've done on the show, and a few scattered here and there in different seasons. So, if you're ready to start the show, Toby, take it away. Here's what happened. Mr. Monk is at your service. Season 5, episode 12. Here's what happened. In the opening scene, we see Paul Buchanan, a very rich man in the parlor of his mansion, confronting his butler, Stilson, that he knows Stilson has been blackmailing him for months, sending him newspaper cutouts and demanding money. The butler tries to apologize, but Paul doesn't care and takes a gun and shoots him dead. Monk stumbles upon this murder unknowingly after having brunch with the Davenports when Natalie insists that Paul Buchanan is a creep. And after hearing a fishy story about Paul's parents recently dying within 10 minutes of each other, in which he inherits everything, Natalie urges Mr. Monk to check it out. However, he instead ends up accepting the job of the new butler for Master Buchanan. He ignores some important clues as he tidies up for the first big event, but finally he can't overlook the cut-up magazines that are in Stilton's old bedroom and puts everything together. Paul's father had died of a heart attack, but needed his stepmother to die first so he could inherit their fortune. So he lured his stepmother to a dangerous curve on Sweeney Road, killed her, and staged it to look like she flew out of the car. Then he pretended to be his father, calling 911, and faked a heart attack. This would be the proof that the stepmother died first. But he made a mistake when there were no phone signal, and he had to walk away from the site, and there were no frogs in the background of his phone call. Of course, he is also busted for killing Stilson, and Mr. Monk is Detective Monk once again. Nice. Mr. Monk is at your service. I am so excited to get into this episode. Really? Because, as I said, this is the very first episode that I ever saw of Monk. So it's very sentimental to me, and I will always get really excited to watch this one. Um, I've never really said how I started watching Monk. It's kind of a... I'll, I'll try to keep it short, but... I was introduced to this show by 
a step family that I had back when I was like in junior high, high school that I no longer have. So Monk is sometimes a bittersweet thing, especially like watching an episode like this, where it's the first time because it was also a really exciting time of my life where we were starting to be like a new family with these, you know, other kids who are about my age and, and we all like became best friends and stuff like that. So Monk was like just a really fun thing for all of us to do um, as a family and as a new family. And so, yeah, I remember watching this episode at their house and just being like, well, obviously Monk is awesome. This is a great show, you know, and how a show brings people together like as you know, Monk has done for us. You know, uh-huh. it's something to do. It's a great show. It's it's for the most part, it's pretty family friendly. And so yeah, that's that's how I started watching Monk, and I love this episode. Uh, so what did you like about this episode? All right, so from the very beginning, right, we see Monk in Doctor Kroger's office, and he wants to give up because of the hiring freeze at the SFPD. Ah uh, yes. And he wants to give up on being. A detective, and he doesn't know what else what else he's going to do in his life. And I think, was it Dr. Kroger suggests that, I can't remember the person that he said, but maybe Winston Churchill or something. He wasn't prime minister until he was 76 years old or something. And Monk is like, I can't be prime minister. I, I don't even want to be prime minister. I don't even live in England. And even if I did, I would be a long shot. And I don't know, I thought that was funny. And then also his other thing that he might do is when he goes to have brunch with the Davenports and he's like, can I ask, what do you do? And the mother's like, he inherits money. He's like, inherit money. I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he's like, also, I could take up drinking. How is that? And she's like, it's marvelous. (laughs) Off of that, like, whenever he was talking to Dr. Kroger and he said the thing about the prime minister, he was also like, you can either be depressed or you can, and Buck's like, good idea, Dr. Kroger. What does he say? Dr. Kroger's like, you can either be depressed and give up. And he's like, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) um, Also, right, the Davenports, return of the Davenports. Yeah. Um, we like them. Well, you know, as much as one could like the Davenports, we like them. They they weren't on screen too much, just the right amount. Um, but they did have some good lines where, of course, you know, Natalie's mother is like, oh, I think is it, or, you know, it's, what did you say? It's morning. Would you have to drink that or something? And the mom is like, um, excuse me, it is 12.05. <laughs> and I like that. I was like, oh, another 12.05, just like Captain Stottlemyre and the riots. Remember the the protests? Uh-huh. And, I know what you're talking about. And he's like, the permits, they expired oh. at noon. And he's like, 12.05. Like I said, expired at noon. <laughs> I like that little recall. Um, I like that Nat- Natalie is still in touch with her family, and she's still talking to them, and it seems as though they've made up. Yeah, well, because remember the last scene of the goes to the wedding? Mm-hmm. She puts Mitch's photo on the piano. Mm-hmm. So she kind of, you know, makes that little mend there. And then we're able to have this awesomeness, right? And then also another Davenport moment is when the father is explaining the salt and pepper shakers. And he's you know, using it as he's driving oh, yeah. around the car. And then he's like, and she's like, honey, not in the pate. He's like, that is not the pate. That is the big rock. 
I thought that was so cute. And then, of course, the last thing is Natalie does take Daddy's money. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brings back memories, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought it was really cute, though. And, and she had a hunch, and she wanted to hire Mr. Monk to solve the case, and so I like that. Yeah. Monk is afraid of frogs. <laughs> yes. Among other things that we learned, but we'll, we'll get into that a little later. And, of course, the main thing that is the best, the best, of the best about this episode is Mr. Melville. Oh, yeah. Just, the, I, this is one of the reasons besides, you know, being sentimental. I love, again, we have something else that Mr. Monk is good at. And I love that, you know, when people, they kind of... Uh, not discount him, but kind of sort of as like, even even like Stoudemire, he says, no, like you're good at this, which is true. And he, he, and he should be a detective, right? But he's good at other things. We've seen like he's good at running. Uh, he was good at, uh, he was office a good em- job. at the office, at the employee of the month. He was very, you know, tidy and organized things and priced things well. So again, another job that Monk is great at. Yep. So I love that. Natalie scheme, mm-hmm. uh, major Natalie scheme in this one. She's she tricks her old uh, high school creep guy into thinking that she's pregnant, which she isn't, and she uses that to weasel her way around the house. That was a great part. Whenever she does the reveal, and she's like, "Woo!" and like opens her trench coat, and she's like, because yeah. I think does he say like, "Oh, you haven't changed a bit" or something?" And then she's like, "Woo!" She's like, "Well, I wouldn't say that," and she's pregnant. And you're like, "Whoa!" And then um, and he's like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my boyfriend couldn't be here. He's at anger management again." <laughs> I love that. I love that little sprinkle of Natalie's scheme on that. And then, of course, the entire scene with Natalie and Monk, whenever, right, She the reason she has to do this whole ploy is to get into the house because Mr. Monk is being his butler self and ignores her phone call. And she's like, he said what? And then so she has to come up with the scheme to get in the house. <laughs> and then she's like, Mr. Melville, can you please help me take off my jacket? And he's like, oh, sure. And so they go into the other room. And Mr. Monk is like, how did that happen <laughs> with the pillow, you know? Uh-huh. And she's like, how did that happen? And I was like, well, when two people really love each other and they <laughs> want to express that love. <laughs> and Monk is like, really? And she's like, it's a pillow. <laughs> and then. Nat- oh, I know what you're about to say. You, you can say it. Um, Natalie is like, oh, my gosh, I need to drink because she's talking to Monk. So she picks up a, a wine glass. I don't even know what it was. It was just some alcohol, right? Monk walks away, and some lady at the party is just like, are you sure you should be drinking that? Because she's pregnant. That was funny. I actually was talking about something else. Oh. Remember, Natalie's going to tell Mr. Monk about the frogs in the background of the phone call. Okay. And so she starts explaining... Look, he couldn't have ha- he couldn't make that phone call right there because you're right. There was no service. He had to walk away. And if he was near there, we would have heard the frogs croaking in the background. And he's like, "Frogs, Natalie, that doesn't prove anything." And she's like, "Yes, it does." And he's like, "Maybe they were tired." And she's like, "Frogs don't get tired." And he's like, "You don't know if frogs get tired. If you were hopping around all day catching flies, you wouldn't last ten minutes." <laughs> I, I don't know. I love that part. I love that entire exchange, like you said, and it ends with the drinking part. But that's that whole little exchange with them is great. Stottlemyre and Randy were risking their jobs for Monk. 
Yeah. So sweet. Stottlemyre threatens to quit. Yeah. And Randy almost considered considering. <laughs> that was Got cute. Randy. But that was actually, that was a big deal. And again, it seems like there's these little themes that keep carrying over to like the next episode, right? Because we had in Mr. Monk gets a new friend. We had the rest of the gang all like being his friend and we're realizing like, Oh, he really does have them as good friends and they are really good to him and all this stuff. So it's like another little connection there where Stottlemyre does come through and shows him how good of a friend that he truly is by threatening to quit his job so that Monk could keep his. So I like I kind of like that little thread that we see there, and it seems like they've been doing that the past few episodes. So that's yeah. pretty cool. I'm out of likes. Okay, I I really only have one more thing, but obviously I love this episode, and it, it's just it's hard to say because there I put a lot of them in the crazy moments, but everything yeah. that Mister Melville does, like he tidies up the room because he doesn't even know he's there for an interview as the butler. So I love that scene where. He doesn't even know, right? So he's, like, tidying up. He finishes a puzzle that Paul's been working on. And then he's like, oh, well, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. You've got the job. And he's like, what? And he's like, you're my new butler. And he's like, butler, what? And then whenever he goes upstairs and he's talking to Natalie and he's like, Natalie, come pick me up. She's like, no, it's perfect. You're in the belly of the beast. And he's like, all right, two things. It's a belly and it's a beast. Now come pick me up. (laughs) And I love that. And then, of course, just everything that he does. I love when they are in the, when they're in the captain's office, right? Mm-hmm. Natalie's trying to convince them, like, look, this guy's shady. And Solomon's like, yeah, no, we can't go off of that. And Monk is like, okay, are we done now? Because I have to go home and braise a duck. And it is certainly not going to braise itself. <laughs> I'm like, you're going home to braise a duck? he's like, yes, and the master is very particular about these things. And then he takes his big coat and puts it over his shoulders and walks out. I love that. That is literally just the beginning of the monk way. And speaking of the monk way, we've got the monk way, right? He's got the the chart out, and he's got the four zones. And he's got his little... And he points at the thing, and he's like, okay, we're going to do this the monk way. And the girl's like, who's monk? And so he has to come up with this elaborate. Well, uh, I, uh, I grew up in a monastery, and uh, you know the monks—they're uh, very tidy, you know. Mostly dusting. Mostly dusting, you know, with their holy dust, with their with their holy dust, and, and the catacombs, and it's very particular on how they like to clean. And that is the monk way. <laughs> All right, you heard the man. We're doing it the monk way. I love I that. Grew up in a I just love it. He is such a funny butler. And yeah, I think that's it. What did you um dislike? We have seen this before, we've talked about this before, but a smidgen of a little forced storyline here, right? It starts off with the hiring freeze. Mr. Monk loses his job. Oh, he loses his confidence. And then he could have just liked being a butler. He could have just stumbled upon being a butler in general, right? He could have, instead of Natalie saying, like, no, it's perfect, you're in the belly of the beast, she could have said, no, Mr. Monk, it's dangerous, he's he's too dangerous, you got to get out of there, you can't stay there. And he could have been like, no, Natalie, I'm in the belly of the beast, and so I'm going to stay here, right? Yeah. And then end up liking being a butler. But instead, they did it backwards, and they started off with this, 
oh, how convenient that there's a hiring freeze. Monk's lost his job and his confidence, so now he decides to be a butler. Yeah, I so. don't like the, the hiring freeze because at the end, it gets confusing. Yeah, explain that. Well, so the hiring freeze happens, but instead of them being like, Monk, you got the job, I guess the writers were like, let's try and milk this for as long as possible and with Monk not having a job. So they were just like, you are exempt from the hiring freeze. Which is just give the guy a job if you think he's that good. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, you're exempt. Well, also the confusing part was they kept saying, like, Stoudemire actually used the words, you got your badge back. And which is very confusing wording because the entire show is about him getting his badge back. Yeah. So why would you say it in that way? Like, oh, you've got your badge. And then he says, you're a cop. You're not a butler. You're a cop. And Monk's like, yeah, I'm a cop. And you're like, wait, so is he a cop or is he just hired on as a consultant again? That was confusing, right? Yeah. I'm not the only one. Sure makes me wonder, is he still a cop? I honestly don't know. And I, as someone who has seen it, I don't think so. Like, we do not, I mean, the spoiler a little bit, The at least the next few episodes, he's not a cop. Yeah. He's Monk. He's just regular Detective Monk. So I thought that was very confusing watching it from the perspective of, like, with somebody who hasn't seen it before. Like, their confusion, I was thoroughly confused as well. So I definitely didn't like how they ended that episode. That was weird. That was weird. Just Monk has the hiring freeze in general, just, like, how sad he was, was on my dislikes. Yeah. Like, and with Dr. Like, Kroger, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to see that side of Monk. Yeah. Exactly. And they could have, again, they could have left that part out. They didn't need that. Like, I mean, I came up with the solution in that in, like, two seconds, how they could have yeah. switched that around. He could have been just fine. Like, they could have started the episode with them just having brunch mm-hmm. and not him having the hiring freeze and then they could have they could have taken all the hiring freeze out and they could have put more mr melville in it which is another one of my dislikes is that for one i felt like the episode went by really fast and it was really short in my opinion like i could have used like a ton more like instead of them doing like not instead of them doing the montage of him like being really really strict on his staff like they could have had some other things. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Give me more than two seconds, but just come up with more funny butler things. Yeah. Like, we really Mr. didn't Monk, see. It's, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> we need to sleep. <laughs> and then he has that weird, uh, he says, like, what does he say? One centimeter here. Like, what if there's one centimeter there? Like, what is that going to give us? Two centimeters? <laughs> I love that. So, see, I could use a lot more of that. And he doesn't really interact with the boss that much. Like, he does when he gets the job. Yeah. And then whenever he's fixing his tie. And he's that like... That was so funny. And it's, I love that. I want more of that. Because he's like, thank you. Your attention to detail is impeccable. And he's like, of course. Yes. Yes, sir. He's, he's fixing the tie. And then he's like, all right, it's good. And he's like, no, wait, just one moment. Just one more moment. So, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> all right, it's it's tight. And he's like... All right, I think it's good. All right, just a smidge more. Okay, look, we're going to lose the tie. <laughs> Can you imagine that poor staff whenever he couldn't last two seconds? So. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could have used more Melville and more pregnant Natalie. 
see like how it went by so fast. Yeah. And then Natalie's like, oh, I showed up. She sneaks into the thing. She steals the paper. She tries to drive away. And then he takes her into the woods. And the episode's over. And I'm like, again, I know like he's a super creep, but I could have used more interaction between the two of them. Maybe Natalie, we actually get to see Natalie sit down like at the table or something. And yeah, just like before he turns into like instant killer. Him being reinstated was completely unneeded, and they could have put... The, the rest of, ep, of the episode was really good. So it's like, just use any other part of that episode, and boom, you have a better episode there. Yeah. The re, whole reinstated thing is just bad. Yeah. Oh, and then my last thing is... Uh, you're out, right? I am out. So my last thing is just the line that Stoudemire says to Natalie whenever she's trying to explain, like, look, this guy's a creep, and, you know, I, there was no signal out there. There's no way you could have made that call. And Stottlemyre says, I can't arrest a guy because he made you cry in homeroom. Okay, Stottlemyre. That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> back off. Well, obviously, they did it to be funny, but it, was, it wasn't funny enough to be just rude to Natalie. Like, she's pregnant. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but I'm done. Okay, so this is on to our next segment. He's the guy. Okay. Per usual, I do have someone. I have someone. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I have someone. I like the confidence. Per yeah. usual, you do have someone. Okay, ready? I didn't look up anything else on him, but Paul Buchanan, the rich dude in this episode that's the creep towards Natalie, he's on Stranger Things. I don't remember his name. I think it's like Bob. He's like a cop. And he... Something happens, and I won't spoil it. But he, but he, he's he's a real one. He's a real one. He's a G. He's he's cool. Uh, he's a good character, which he's kind of short lived, but he's a good character. Oh, nice. So the person that you're referring to is Sean Astin. Okay. Who is very very famous, and I know I say very famous all the time. I know you do. But trust me, he's very famous because. He is in one of the most, like, highly grossed franchise movies ever in the history of ever and ever. <gasps> Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. I knew it. And he plays... Frodo's friend? Sam, who is Frodo's best friend, right? And he's always helping Frodo. Like, Frodo's like, oh, I have the ring. And he's trying to turn evil, and Sam's like, no, Frodo, no. And so, super awesome, right? I actually, I, I don't really particularly like... These kinds of movies, as Noah knows. Mm-hmm. But I did watch all three Lord of the Rings like in the movie theaters when they came out. So I did love that trilogy. And everyone was always like, oh, Elijah Wood and Frodo. And I always loved Sam, mm-hmm. his friend, who's Sean Astin. So I always loved Sean Astin. And, uh, yeah, so I have, a, I have a little sweet spot in my heart for, for Sam. And how sentimental this episode is to me. Mr. Monk is at your service. I'm like, I love this episode because I love Sam. And so I love it. Anyway, anyway. So he's also in 50 First Dates, which is the Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie. She loses her memory like every single day. And so it's 50 First Dates because Adam Sandler has to take her out on a date every day. Well, he plays Drew Barrymore's brother, who's like a little slow and has a lisp. And he's super, super funny. And it is so... He's he's really good in that one. He's very silly, but it's he does a really good job in that one. And then, of course, of course, of course, Sean Astin has a new show out 
which he's the star with Melissa Joan Hart on Netflix, a Netflix original series, No Good Nick. Oh, I saw a preview for that. I like No Good Nick, actually. It's a really, I feel like it's a really good family-friendly show, and the acting is a little bit, I mean, I hate to talk about people's acting like that, because I'm not an actor, so I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. um, but I've, I've heard, actually, from the critique, I, lo- I overlook it, but... Wait, I say what is name? No Good Nick about? Isn't it about, like, it's some kid who, like... Runs away or something. Well, to not, I don't, I don't think this is spoiling it, but no good. Nick is Nick is the star who's the young girl who's like a teenager, huh. and she comes to live with the family who Sean Aston is the dad, and Melissa Joan Hart is the mom, and then they have two kids, and she comes to live with them under false pretenses. And so the whole like first season is them being kind of scammed by her. Oh yeah, and so yeah, I I hope that doesn't spoil it. That's it. I mean, it kind of sort of, but that's the premise. Sure it's in the preview. But that's the premise. That's the premise of the show. That's what it's about. So I really like it, and I actually think that oh, Sean yeah. Astin and Melissa Joan Hart in it are really funny, and I love both of those actors so much. She's like so. trying to con them or something, but then she like loves the family, and oh, you guys are the best. Right, but she's a little liar, yeah, so little, you don't know whether... She's a little, she's a little no good yeah, Nick. Exactly. No good Noah. <gasps> Anyways, so, yeah, Sean Astin, I've poured out my love for him. No good Toby. So, oh, that is that would be a great show. No, no one good, would watch it, but... No good Toby. But we would be, we would be the stars, and oh we'd be gosh. like, oh, Toby sucks. Toby's the worst. <laughs> no, you're no good, Toby. <laughs> Toby. Stop crying. It's enough. Toby. See, you don't get sad whenever he cries. No, he deserves it. Um, okay, so my second, he's the guy, which is my, uh, I only have two. But this is Susie the housekeeper, right? And remember Susie, and she's the one that comes to Mr. Monk in the first place whenever he's in his bedroom. And he try, she tries to ask him about the seating chart. And he's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, five and six on one side, that won't do. That's Susie who comes to the door, right? And she's played by Ashley Johnson. She, she talks weird. She's like, is, Mr. Monk. She has a very squeaky voice, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which makes her, to me, rec- very recognizable. But um, I've, I like her. Another person who's kind of a little, like, old-school throwback for me. She's in a ton of things, though. I didn't realize she was... Okay, this is kind of random, but there's a show called Blind Spot that's on... I think it's on NBC. I actually was looking at this show the other day on something, and I was like, did that show ever make it? Because I never watched it. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it's been on for five years, and I was like, oh, I guess it did make it. But she... It said that she has been on that show for five years, from 2015 to 2020, as somebody named Patterson. So that was her, like, biggest, like longest oh. credit so if anybody does know her from that it, it might be blind spot so i thought i'd throw that one in there she was also on minecraft like a voice of someone i don't know you'd have to look it up what but i know noah really likes minecraft no and so that's it, got it okay it might be the minecraft story mode also another um mind-blowing voiceover to me was I I literally I cannot get over this. I was like, what? Have you ever seen Recess the cartoon? Is it with those kids and like in the playground and there's like TJ Detweiler and Spinelli 
and no, I've seen it, but um, I've heard of it. Gus and Mikey oh, and Vince. Yeah. Okay, well, she plays Gretchen for the whole series. It said she was the voice of Gretchen, like in the movie and on the series. And I've actually I, seen it. I grew up watching Recess. I loved Recess. I uh-huh. had like the soundtrack to the Recess movie. It has a bunch of like '70s songs in it. It's really groovy. But yeah, she plays Gretchen. I cannot believe that. So if you're out there and you agree with me, please reach out to me because I'm geeking out about the fact that. This girl is Gretchen. I did not know that. Because, again, I know this person, right? Like, I, I know this uh-huh, girl. Yeah. So I'm like, what? I never recognized her voice as I iconic as, you know, I thought I, her voice okay, was. when we were, I didn't say anything. But when we were watching, I literally wanted to say so badly, like, this lady sounds like a voice actor. Like, she could just do any voice. Mm-hmm. She was in, that was another thing I wrote down was she was in the actual Avengers movie, it said. Wait, can you look her credit up for Avengers? Oh, she was a waitress. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. She's, okay, because in the movie you have, like, their point of view and her point of view, right? And at random times it just, like, like, they're all fighting, and then it goes to her in, like, the cafe, and she's, like, looking outside. She's, like, a really weird, prominent character. And at the end, like, Captain America saves her or something. I freaking knew it, Candace. I so knew that. Well, that's why it's cool to, like, list more things than you know, because I've never seen these things. Uh-huh. And then I also wrote her down for things that I've seen, which is In Plain Sight, Lie to Me, Roseanne, and the movie The Help. She was in the movie The Help. She's big. Is that all you have? Is that all I have? Okay, and then, okay, so last oh, thing. Geez. Hang on. Last thing about her is oh. the reason that I know her, that, right, uh-huh. basically the reason we're talking about all this is she's in the movie What Women Want with Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. And she plays the daughter, right? You know what women want is, or, like, where he gets electrocuted and he starts hearing women's thoughts. Oh, yeah. She is his daughter in that movie. And she does a really good job. She's really good in that movie. And then, a lot of people probably know her from this, too. She was Chrissy Seaver in Growing Pains, which I grew up watching Growing Pains. And so she is the daughter. I think she's supposed to be, like, the little daughter, and then she grows up really fast, and then this is her. But anyway, so... Yeah, I love Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron. And yeah, so those are the two things I know her from the most. And that is all. Junk time. Welcome back to Tunk Jime, my favorite time and yours of the show where Candace asks me questions and I get to drink my Pepsi Cola. Yeah, actually, I don't mind eating some white trash right now. No, Candace. Can I have some of that? Okay. Mmm. That is so good. Okay, I'm going to start out with a YouTube shout-out. Okay. So, we have a new fan on YouTube who is named Jedi and Solo. And she's been awesome. She has been binge-watching, or you know, listening, to all of our episodes, which is really cool that someone is binge-listening to us. And she's been leaving comments after she watches a video. She'll leave a comment, I guess, of her thoughts on that particular episode. So I just wanted to give her a shout out because we really appreciate all of our fans, of course, and we have a YouTube fan, so that's exciting for us. If you don't already subscribe to our YouTube channel, make sure you do because we're awesome over there too. Just as awesome as we are here, we're awesome over there, right? Am I right? Exactly. Okay. Some of her favorite comments of mine, which are, she loved our Toby reveal. Oh, yeah. Right? And so if you haven't seen our Toby reveal yet... It's on our YouTube channel, so go check it out. She loves that. Um, her first episode to watch, right, because mine was Mr. Monk's at Your Service, 
Hers was Mr. Monkets Drunk. And she said she loved the summation and it totally sold her on Monk. And she loved whenever he got drunk and all that. So that was awesome. And then the last thing that I'm going to mention about Jedi and Solo is that she said, I'll play whenever we said on Mr. Monk bumps his head if Monk rolled up in that in your town wearing that suit and looking the way that he does what would you think that his name and occupation were so she said i'll play and she said i think his name is timothy and he is a restaurant host (laughs) so i was like oh that's a new one but i was thinking about it because i think he does he doesn't have his jacket on i don't think he just has like a long sleeve shirt so like maybe he's a host yeah, the restaurant host. He's he's the manager maybe, and he's like, oh hello, my name's Timothy. <laughs> Let me seat you at your table. And you're like, oh, the manager's helping us. Ooh, fancy. So that's that's who he is. He's Timothy. Yeah. So I like that. All right. So my first question is, was Mr. Monk a good butler? Duh. Well, we know he was very particular. Yes. To the point of possible near destruction. Mm-hmm. Um. So my next question is. Who kills him first, the master or the staff? <laughs> the staff, right? That's the, that's my question because it's like you have the master who got annoyed with him after point two seconds of adjusting his tie, but the staff. It's gotta be the staff. But the staff, he keeps long, long, long hours and makes everything super perfect. So, but also Mr. Buchanan gets set off like that, so. It's, you know. I think it's the staff. Since I think Monk pushes them a little farther than he does to the master. That's that's true. And also, he's the boss of them, whereas Paul is the master of him. So, like, whenever he says, put Natalie next to me. And he's like, sir, I've worked painstakingly all <laughs> night. It's by the centimeter. And he's like, I'm not going to ask you again, Melville. And he's like, oh, thank you, sir. And he's like, do it now. He's like, as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, if Monk obeys his orders, you're right. Probably going to be the staff. Who's it, who is it going to be? Is it going to be the drunk lady? Not the drunk lady. The the champagne lady who reprimands Natalie? Or is it going to be Susie? Sweet Susie? Or is it going to be... I think it'll be the champagne it's be lady. the champagne British Oh, lady. yeah. She's going to... Yeah, I think so. Susie's oh. nice. Oh, that's true. She is nice. Okay, my last question is... Rank these fears in order from your personal fears. Possums, soccer riots, frogs, and hailstones. Soccer riots? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? I remember that from the show, but what is that? Mean? I don't know. Football hooliganism or soccer hooliganism is disorderly, violent, or destructive behavior perpetrated by spectators at association football games. <laughs> Hooligans who have the time and money may follow national teams to away matches and engage in hooligan behavior against the hooligans of the home team. Sounds kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the list Sometimes is it's funny though. Possums, soccer riots, frogs, and hailstones. Number one, soccer riots. Number two. Hailstones. Number three, frogs. Number four, possums. From more scary to less scary. Okay, I'm going to go soccer riots first, then possums. 
possums are scary. They have diseases. Have you ever looked at them? Especially when they're, they're crawling around at night, like on your oh, fence. Oh, I was thinking of a ferret. Oh, Ferrets yeah. are so cute. Yeah, those... Those are not possums. That's a little pumped up pooty like a basketball. Oh. And he's like, the, he does a little dance. Yeah, no, we're talking about a nasty, disease-ridden possum. They're like crawl on the top okay. of your fence. Ew, stop. And then you like shine your light Fine. at them and they're like. Find the number one. Number one, possum, soccer rides, second, hailstones, third, fourth, frogs. Yeah. You know, frogs still kind of gross me out. I'm sticking with frogs as my last one. Because Possum's number two. We, me, Candace, and Toby... All have scoot scoots. We we scoot around town. Yeah, we're in a scooter gang. We're in scooter gang, right? We're real cool. But there's dead frogs all over this town, y'all. There is. <laughs> yeah. I, it's nasty. It is nasty. Every day, just a dead, like, flattened frog on the floor. Eee! If it's super fresh, it's it, the worst. It's so gross. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, and, and that is the end of junk time. Yeah. <laughs> Tunk time, everyone. Plot holes. Okay, my first one is Monk does not take his shoes off like that. When does he take his shoes off? Whenever he's leaning back on the bed and he kicks his shoes off and then he kicks the other one and he kicks over the magazine stack. He does not take his shoes off like that. He would never because of scuffs, for one. And for two, I'm pretty sure we see him, like, always diligently untying his shoelaces, pulling off his shoes. And when he puts them on, he does the same thing. He puts on his shoes, and he perfectly ties the shoelaces. He would never kick his shoes off like that. So that was a little... Hard day at work, Candace. You never know. I don't know. Maybe he... Maybe they should have had him, like... No, because he wouldn't have thrown his jacket off either. He doesn't throw things like that. That's kind of hard. How would you make Monk knock over the magazines... Now that I think about it, there's a lot of free time that, like, Monk and the assistants have. Sharona or Natalie, you know? Because, like, in between episodes, or, like, at the beginning of episodes, he's, like, every time it's, like, oh, I haven't had a case in so long. So it's, like, two weeks at a time, they go with just nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. They're just living. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered that. Like, what constitutes, like... Natalie or Sharona's help like I feel like they're always with him whether he's working or not Mm -hmm. but what does he because I was actually was thinking that during this episode because his new job was as butler yeah and then he makes the comment where he would like to keep Natalie under his employ he has a position open in the kitchen (laughs) and so it made me think like yeah like he lives his everyday life, like, not just when he's a detective, he lives his everyday life with an assistant. So why, just because he's a butler, why would he not need an assistant? Or is he just okay and he uses his other employees as his assistants? I don't know. I I actually totally thought of that during the show. I was like, that's weird. So he just doesn't need Natalie just because he's a butler? That was weird. That's true. Um, let's see. That's a plot hole. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. Constitutes as a plot hole. So, we do know that he's obviously so, like, consumed with his butler duties, right? That he ignores, like, some important clues. Mm -hmm. However, he did go in there to catch the guy for murder. And he ignores, like, blood on the floor. Like, straight up blood on the floor. Like, the... He's like, is that blood? 
clean it up. <laughs> exactly. She, so And she's like, okay, I'll see to it. Yeah. I'll clean it right away. And he's he's like, like, see that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the way that he talks. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, seriously, though, because he, this is the thing. It's not like he goes in there and then stumbles upon the job. And then he has some type of contrary evidence where like, oh, my boss is a murderer. No, there's no way. He goes in there because he thinks the guy is a murderer and then chooses to ignore the blood on the ground. See what I'm saying? So it's kind of another, it's a little bit of a backwards thing again. Like, if someone later told you that he was a murderer, you might be like, well, no, I know him and he wouldn't do that. But the reason he goes in there is to catch the guy for murder and ignores a drop of blood. Like, yeah, he might ignore the little letter he found, but he didn't even ignore it. He folded up and put it in his pocket and was like, He's just cool with "Hmm." the blood. That's because you 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 can tell whenever he touches his face next to the fireplace and he's like, like what is that? What was that? And then he tries to put it out of his mind and then he sees the drop of blood on the floor and he's like, clean it up. Yeah, I didn't get that. Dummy. Um, you pointed out this one the whenever the guy was like, my heart. Oh yeah, he's calling the cops and he's pretending to be his father who has a heart attack. And for some reason, his excellent acting for a heart attack is like, help, my wife, she's dead, her neck is broken, my heart is attacking. <laughs> like also, you, I died second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Instead of being like, my wife, she's here, and just being in pain, you know? Yeah, that's true, because he could have said... He could have not said anything about his heart, but the fact that if he said, my wife, she's dead, would still be enough proof to say yeah. that. Yeah. I guess, oh, he did have to mention the heart attack, though, because they would have known that he died from a heart attack and not from being thrown from the car or being wrecked. So he did have to make sure that it was mentioned my heart. that his heart no i'm not saying that the ba- i'm not saying that the acting <laughs> oh. part were like why would you say oh my heart but he did have to come up with some way to mention the heart because he needed them to not be suspicious yeah, not like, of him having a heart attack uh, my chest hurts yeah my chest there you my go chest. Oh. my chest no, i don't my heart is attacking me yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm going to go. I know I, I gave Stoudemire a hard time about this, but lack of frogs is not very good evidence to convict somebody of murder. What do you mean? Oh, the, they did? I'm saying the reason that they did this, the reason that they go after him is because of the lack of frogs in the background of the phone call. Because remember they said, oh, well, there's no service. And they're like, well, service is spotty. You can't, you can't say, oh, there's no service in this area. So he, in fact, killed someone because there could just be service issues that day or whatever. Same thing with the frogs, though. Having frogs croaking or not croaking in the back of your phone call is also not very good evidence. I feel okay, like the more but he also pulled a gun on Natalie and Monk and confessed the murder to Natalie. See, that's true. And they have a little sheet of paper that states that the car wasn't taken until, like, they were already dead or something. 
I don't even get that paper. Oh, okay. I was I was about to say, did you understand that paper? Because no. I didn't. But that probably is what it said. So, yeah. All right. I see that. I've been debunked on that one. Because you're right. He does admit it. Debunked? Yeah. Um, okay. My last one. Hopefully, this one is a good one. Okay. So, nobody hears the butler being shot. That was a really loud gunshot. And that was uh. not silenced. He was like, pop. And then you figure <laughs> out there's like 50 staff members. Yeah. But nobody heard it. Here's your house. Here's your room. Here's your room. Here's your room. Here's your room. Nobody heard it. And then the fact that they said, you know, he just left. It was so it's so not like him to just leave. Yeah. It's so not like him to just have a gunshot Maybe. and then <laughs> him leave. Right? Yeah, Did weird. I get that one? Okay. You got that. Okay, cool. You've been plot hold. Okay. <gasps> and now I'm, now I'm done. Yay, that was that was a good plot holes, right? I think so. Yay. How crazy was Monk this episode? Plus crazy moments. Okay. Out of ten colored zones. Ooh, very close to mine. What's I your said out of ten monk, monk ways. Way. I knew it. I, I knew it. No, I, I said it. out of ten monk way pointers. Oh, that's good. We were on the same track, though. I almost did zones. Out of ten, color, out of ten color zones. zones. That's good. Yeah, I almost did that. Nice. My 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 uh, runner up was out of ten dishes of pate. Out of ten Natalie pillows. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, uh, that was actually pate Toby's. Is good. Oh, that was Toby's. The pregnancy pillows was Toby's. Yeah, yeah I thought was that was funny. funny. Um, but I didn't know how to work the pate in with the big rock. Like ten big yeah. big rock pate. It did, it didn't sound clever enough, so I, I I'd stuck with monk waypointers. But yeah, all right, crazy moments. Crazy moments. Go for uh, it. Number one, monk takes t- uh, Doctor Kroger's advice of just being depressed. That's true. Um, how many do you have? Only four. Okay, then just say them all. We're good. Um, his fork was one centimeter off, and monk is quitting detective. Monk grew up in a monastery, and Monk became switched his career very quickly. That's true. I have. He doesn't want to go into the place alone. It'd be like me going in somewhere <laughs> oh, yeah. alone. <laughs> that was cute. He wants to take up drinking. Oh yeah. Right. Or possibly inheriting money. He fixes the wrenches. That was a subtle one. Oh, jeez. Where he fixes the wrenches. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, he tidies up the guy's living room. Oh. And so he gets the job. He uh, he does the thing with the chandelier where it's slightly off. He's checking the whole table and everyone's like, we did it, guys. We did it. And then he get, he looks at the chandelier. It was a little glass piece just a bit, even with all the others. He doesn't know what he's going to do with Susie. <laughs> Susie, 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 what am I going to do with you? <laughs> That's so mean. Um, <laughs> he makes them stay late to make sure everything is exact. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. He has to have symmetry where he gets everything down to the centimeter, mm-hmm. but then starts arranging the guests by height. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he wants Natalie to remain under his employ in the kitchen. The four zones of the house, right, is what mm-hmm. you said. He's obsessing over the master's tie. And then he has to have, well, we've been doing 
duck, quail, duck, quail. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, we'll have two quails <laughs> right next to each other. <laughs> I don't, and then he I takes, don't like duck. No, and he takes the fork and he's like. Oh, he sticks it straight in. That's Salty good. monk. See, but that and that would be another point for maybe the master might fire him first if he's like Melville. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, all right. It was funny though. It was so funny. I love that part. All right. So out of ten colored zones for me, it is a seven out of ten. Ooh, I put out of ten monkway pointers. I gave him eight pointers. Eight. Yes, I did. Dang, he d- that's high. Like this is said, the highest that's been, like, a bit. Kind of season five. Right? That's I think, a lot. Yeah, of... I don't remember. Maybe one other time, but I can't think. Um, but yeah, so my reasoning is simply that he gives up on being a detective after 0.2 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Then he takes a job as a butler, then loves being a butler, obsessed mm-hmm. with it, and does it to a T, like, he has a detective job and his cop job before. Like, he never took anything like that seriously as yeah. he does this. Like, even as much as he was a basketball coach, you know? Yeah. It's like he, he, wasn't, he, he was didn't like, even like. Oh, uh, look, I'm a basketball coach. Exactly. But this one's like, all right, now I'm Butler. What? Well, but my point is, he did. It's not like he even like tried to learn basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Being the Butler, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This must be perfect and exact. And then he tortures everyone. So I gave him eight pointers. It was good. Yeah. It was fun. I got seven, seven colored zones. Rate this episode. Okay, Candace. I want to go first. Um, I'm going to rate this episode out of 10, a 4 out of 10. Oh, Yeah, I know that might not sit well with you, but here's the thing. I, 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 I think it's a lot of unnecessary things, like the salt and pepper shaker, which was funny, like, honey, that's some of the pate. No, this is the big rock, right? I think it's funny, but it's also like unneeded and there's a lot of wait why would that part but why would that part be unneeded that's the part where monk realizes that buchanan killed his parents i know but it was also very it was it was like too perfect in a way like well i think more of the coincidence isn't necessarily the pate it's just the fact that we never see natalie's parents or her having brunch and at the exact same time yeah He's killed his parents and he's killed his butler, and they just so happen to be having. It's just plot brunch convenience for this one for me. Like it's just monk hiring freeze. Monk is exempt from the hiring freeze. Like what well, sucks because that's just like as nice as it is that Captain Stottlemyre got his like kind of jog back. He didn't even. He just was like, okay, you still don't have a job, but. Maybe you'll get one. And they don't... I don't know. The the writers, I don't think they did the best of jobs on this one. That's okay. Just, well, what about the what about the mystery? Like, as far as how he did it. How he killed his parents, like, ten minutes apart. And... Like, that was interesting. He was just not that great of a character, though. With, like, also how he handled the whole... Natalie thing where he takes her into the woods. It's like, okay, just 
throw her down the well or something. See, I, I, I feel like that part was just sped along too quickly for my yeah. liking. But Monk's like it, running. But it was at the to me it was at the expense of having more episode, like more good content in it. And so it's like yeah, I can fault something for not being like long enough, but it's like it's only so long, so I need you know I know, but we could have used none of the whole reinstated thing. Yeah. I agree with that. It was it was a big toll on the I do agree with that. I feel like it could have just been another fun it could have been another fun episode. Yeah. Without the hiring freeze. But yeah. So I'm gonna go uh again, very sentimental episode to me. One of my absolute favorites. I wish it had been uh longer, quite honestly. But I will always be excited to watch this one, as I said before. Also, Sean Astin, love. Pregnant Natalie, love. And of course, Mr. Melville, love, love, love. So for me, this episode, I'm going to go with a uh, 10.985. So a 9.85. So not a perfect... crazy. So not a perfect 10. That's crazy. Because I don't think it's a perfect episode, but for sentimental reasons, for me, I love this Whoa, episode so okay. much, so I can't... Okay, okay, Candace. okay. So that's how I feel about this episode, where it's like, yeah, you can point out the flaws, but that doesn't mean that I don't absolutely love this episode. So, I give right. it a 10.985. I do not agree with that, but... Hey, oh, and I agree with a four. Welcome to yeah. the Junk Mug Podcast, where all she Candace's guts. And I'm supposed to roll with a four. Yeah, you're lucky I didn't the give four? it seventeen tens. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, Candace. Well, I think that that's a good place to stop our episode, considering we've run out of segments. Um. So that is a very um, good apt assessment. <laughs> I actually find that to be awesome. Uh, Detective work on your part. Shut up. Like, wait so, a second. I flipped over this paper and I've already read the stuff on the other <laughs> side. Okay, Candace. So I think I should stop talking now. Okay, guys. We'll see you in in the next in the next one next week. Uh, where, guys? I'm 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 hyped for the. We're gonna be doing a Natalie the Sharona episode, and me and Candace are so hyped. We're not doing it next week. Are we doing it next week? I don't know yet. I, I thought to... we were going to do it when they both had the same amount of... Yes, which would be at the end of Season 5. Okay, so at the end of Season 5, get ready, ladies and gents. Natalie v. Sharona in a few weeks. It's all going down. It's all going down. But until then, goodbye. Bye. We're walking away. Toby wears high heels? <laughs> yeah, he does. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Junk Monk Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us at Junk Monk Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to know more about Candice, she's at Hardens and Hardhats on Instagram. And if you want to know more about me, Noah L., subscribe to my vlog, Noah Hernandez, on YouTube. Also, you can leave us a voicemail at 323-366-0477 with your questions, comments, or just to show us some love. Don't forget to catch up on Monk with Amazon Prime Video, and of course, subscribe to our show. You'll thank me later.